This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's episode, we have an interesting guest. Let me say, I've been wanting to invite him to this podcast for a while. But what what with one thing and the other, it's not happened. But uh, he's, he's a very interesting person and I've been reading his blog articles for a while. So welcome to the podcast, Tarek. Thanks, thanks, Ajit. And uh, very, very generous of you to say interesting. Hopefully the listeners find it so as well. Sure. I mean, before we finish, I think uh, you can plug your own uh, blog, but also more importantly, I can put the link to your blog in our episode notes first, this episode, right? So any, any right. of our listeners, if they're interested, I'm sure they'll follow up, right? So I, I sure hope so. How have we been doing? How are things? Uh, things things are all right we just i just got into the world cup mood today finally uh, now that now that the tournament is here uh, but yeah other, otherwise been a very hectic week actually i've been uh, traveling so i just came back to station as it were today and uh, looking forward to catching up with all the cricket coming up perfect before we get into the world cup and the first game that just finished minutes ago i think we should have a quick chat about who tarik is and well, what keeps you motivated to write and talk about uh, sport in general and cricket in particular? Right. Uh, so one is that I work in cricket in one sense because I work for a firm called ITW Consulting. Uh, we are a sports entertainment and media consulting uh, company and uh, we do a lot of work in, in cricket because if you are in sports and in India, naturally a lot of your work uh, kind of skews towards cricket. So we do a lot of sponsorship consulting Oh, we have done work with IPL, BCCI, uh, even a little bit of work with Asia Cup and so on. So that's that's uh, one of the reasons why I am this connected to the game. Uh, 
and uh, how i landed up here is because of my connections to the game as well so from a long time i think as long as i can remember since i guess the first world cup i can remember is like 1992 which my entire family was watching and i was responsible for waking them up in the middle of the night to watch those <laughs> games starting in new zealand uh, and and that's how i got into this because uh, we are an entire family of cricket lovers who used to watch a lot of cricket and uh, it's been it's been a lifelong love affair that way so that's that's what keeps me going because you know uh, sport provides uh, a lot of drama and inspiration all the time of of all sorts on the field off the field and i kind of like keeping up with that and uh, those things along the way have landed me uh, you know gigs in a magazine where i was a feature writer and wrote quite a bit on sports uh, i did a, a gig uh, on a project with wisdom india where we were handling their social media so all these kind of trysts have kind of uh, kept me with this with the sport so i write a bit about it like you mentioned at the top uh, mm. in the blog and uh, i also do uh, these things called sportographs which are sort of like line drawings about famous women in sport again just to uh, put it out there for other fans uh, who want to talk about these because i always find that fascinating how we uh, you know interact uh, with the sport and the uh, and the lessons you take from it uh and and like you said right there your podcast itself that uh, armchair criticism is a lot of fun so uh armchair observation of any kind so a combination of all of this is uh how i'm here and uh you know just just watching this space evolve is what keeps me going i guess perfect when i started this podcast almost 4 years ago there were not as many games in a week now it's hardly uh, there's a week gone by where there are not uh, there are no international games and so on so cricket has evolved to a point where there's enough to do already right so exactly. uh, for me at least from purely from a fan perspective there's so much to follow and so much to read and so much to learn and i think with so many international teams and all of these t20 leagues around there's quite a lot of uh, cricket to be had and you're never bored as a cricket uh, enthusiast i'm sure but i see you're also equally interested in like let's say other sports like Uh, when it comes to javelin throw neeraj chopra I, i i read an article written by you i also read you do a marathon run i i read your uh, opinions on football and tennis and so on so how does this come about this uh, so again uh, i think we'll have to go back to 1992 once more because that was the first olympics i witnessed uh, uh, closely that was the barcelona games and i was fascinated by all the sports that they were showing and i sort of got obsessed in finding out how these different sports are played and you know we would want to like uh, replicate them in the backyard so if you saw a javelin throw you would like pick up a bamboo stick and try and see if you can make them into a javelin and how far can you throw it and so on so those kind of things uh, got me interested in in other sports we used to uh, watch a, a bit of tennis when you know doordarshan back in the day used to show like wimbledon uh, or a bit of football especially when the world cups come around because at that time uh, there was no satellite television so not much of uh, your european leagues but we definitely knew about the euros and the world cup and the whole family would watch that so it's it's sort of growing up in that multi sport kind of uh, uh, atmosphere and uh, and just wanting to know more about those sports so i was uh, a bit into quizzing as well so you know these two things kind of go hand in hand that you want to kind of know more and this once you're bitten by this curiosity bug you just go on finding out more about it so that's how uh, i've kind of kept up with the rest of the sports and uh, like i said the writing is a, is basically a synthesis of what i see or what i feel about uh, what's going around 
uh and and sometimes uh, because i don't really write a diary or anything so the blog becomes the uh, the de facto or proxy diary so whether it's about uh, uh, running marathons or uh, you know watching uh, somebody play great tennis uh, i just put thoughts whenever i can nice to hear nice to hear so i think it'll it's going to be a fascinating conversation with you i think we should get into the games that are on hand in the tournament that began today oh, let's start right away right there right at the top results surprise you at all New Zealand beating England. I think uh, ideally the the result does not entirely surprise me. What did surprise me was the magnitude of it, uh, because I have been on record often saying that I really enjoy ODIs. Uh, I'm one of those people who actually likes ODIs, uh, despite uh, you know them dwindling now. And one of the ODI formats or templates that I love is when uh, you know teams score around two sixty to seventy thereabouts. and uh, the other team is set a pretty decent chase and then it gets close uh, and maybe we have a very close encounter with wickets falling in the in the chase as well and things are tense throughout the encounter so you see uh, the whole whole evolution of the of the chase of the game within that within the time period right so that's what i was expecting here today mm. uh, we know we knew that england would go hard and this has been their style this is how they won the 2019 world cup so naturally they came out uh, uh, on all guns blazing uh, and even with wickets falling they kept backing uh, their batters to play the shots uh, which which the day told the sum of the shot selection i guess left a lot to be desired and uh, new zealand kind of took advantage but what i was surprised with was the intensity with which uh, new zealand came out and chased uh, there wasn't much on the pitch but even considering that uh, to win with uh, you know 14 15 overs to spare is is quite astonishing in a, when you're chasing uh, close to 6 runs and over uh, so that is what has surprised me uh, but again this is tournament new zealand they always somehow turn up uh, nobody knows what the secret sauce is somebody said recently uh, we must all tap into whatever grows there in that land apparently they turn great yes. competitors <laughs> and great individuals you're right in as much that the chase was absolutely astonishing um, rachin ravindra he's now sort of with this innings 100 at number 3 he sort of made himself undroppable because he bowls spin and well he can bowl his whole quota for much cheaper on other day surely yeah, absolutely and i think uh, we have known about devan conway for quite a while uh, we have seen his his form in recent times uh, plus and and the other thing being that uh, new zealand seem to have just kept uh, the uh, their a game for for the tournament because Uh, leading into this they had a very ordinary outing in the one day series in england um, um, and uh, the very same england i think beat them in the series and they come here uh, not even the same team actually england picking a stronger eleven today new zealand technically speaking uh, slightly short on people because they did not have too many picking options so like you say uh, rachin ravindra uh, made his way in and now is probably cementing his place here because if you can do that at number 3 and bowl some great spin especially on tracks where uh, it might help them a little they suddenly are making a great case for uh, you know being almost like a lock for the semi at least at the beginning of the tournament i had not fancied new zealand for a semi final spot and let's just say it's too early in the piece to give them that certainty right. or give them that credit <laughs> right. stack but they have certainly put a foot forward in a way where most people would think more seriously about them whenever an encounter with new zealand is about to be coming up if you look at england they probably were not too bad you are absolutely right they threw away a few starts i think joe root himself will be disappointed how he got out because he was holding the innings together yeah but you see every batsman has gotten into double digits apparently this is the first time ever in odis that 
every player who batted got into double digits or all yeah. double digits right? <laughs> incredible right yeah and then i won't blame much of the tail but for me uh, johnny bearsto threw it away up to a point joe root himself harry brook really liam livingston you would think ali they have to put a bit more onus on uh, how they were going i think they have this strange and strong belief that the next person coming in will get it done right, right. and yes they believe that they are a champion team let let's concede that and that that belief will always exist in such teams but today they were not very far off the mark if you look at halfway 282 on this pitch probably was 10 runs or 15 runs under par 300 would be par score let's just say like this on this pitch but um the way new zealand approached it was almost like there was a boundary every over hit you see between these two batsmen they batted for uh, 37 overs or 36 and a half overs and in that they have hit 38 boundary shots yeah so that effectively comes to one boundary shot an over and what that means is yeah. no bowler was allowed to settle i think they didn't allow any spinner to settle on a length they kept attacking them there was at least a boundary hit of most spinners overs i saw yeah there there was because i think i think both moin and adil rashid went at close to 6 and a half uh, or more than that an over well not only that i think if you see their approach it was it was very clear there was a length or a range which they were comfortable waiting for otherwise they would just dink the ball here and there same for fast bowlers by the way but the moment that length materializes they simply pounce on it it goes far away easy for a boundary or a right. and the way with the way they handled mark would again they used the space effectively short balls were clearly hooked or pulled for sixes and fours i mean he's bowling 148 and there is no fear at all they're driving him down the ground some of the most tough shots i thought i saw conway play three or four of those shots very tough shots the on drive for a boundary between your non striker and the umpire almost right that that's right, quite right. something yeah. he hit three or four of those will very with a lot of ease look like the pitch is a real beauty for batting so it sort of serves notice because i think we are going to come back to this ground at least a couple of times before we are done right so that's another thing right uh, but what did you think of the crowds or the lack of crowds i think the lack of crowds is something we uh, have like i have uh, discussed on other podcasts we have discussed quite a lot on twitter and this is something that was building up to this uh, since the ticketing fiasco that number one when you uh, open up tickets that late you're already ruling out a large part of uh, potential uh, visiting fans and i think locally also in terms of uh, sort of mobilizing a community to come and enjoy the cricket uh, should have been the priority because these are two world class teams who are playing the opener of a massive tournament you have to build it up that way i think uh, a lot of what uh, both the uh, icc as being the the larger organizer here and of course bcci being the host uh, have miscalculated here is that uh they thought the top down approach would work which is uh, you just broadly advertise and you know uh basically the assumption of supply creates its own demand that build it and they will come kind of a, a mindset uh where they thought no matter how many obstacles are thrown people would still show up and and clearly uh, the result was underwhelming uh, the cancellation of the opening ceremony can at the last moment kind of tells you something ah. that they probably figured out that there are not going to be too many people and that is why they probably decided to uh, decided to call that off uh, which which also shows that uh, you know they were aware that uh, the the mobilization has not been done uh, we heard today stories of 
them going and distributing uh, free <laughs> tickets and things like that which right. which you know you know kind of makes it sound even worse because uh, you have to uh, get excitement into the local population uh, to come and attend a tournament of this stature uh, if you're ho- hosting it at a, a, at a stadium this big Uh, and obviously sporting culture and and organizational uh, efficiency both play a role in this and here uh, both of them were lacking uh, because you know to take nothing away from the people who turned up or for that matter uh, the people in in uh, ahmedabad it's it's not a case of uh, uh, you know it's it's not let's say the most uh, sports crazy uh, uh, town in india um, and mm. and to Uh, in terms of organizational efficiency like we already talked about that uh, the ticketing fiasco itself the amount of time it has taken and so on has uh, probably deterred a lot of people because initially a few, very few tickets were released in the first place uh, and uh, you know the irony is that when we logged on to book the tickets on the first day i think within mere seconds not even minutes the australia new zealand game which is the opening uh, sorry the england new zealand game which is the opening game was uh, shown as sold out on uh, on book my show so you know uh that's that's my thought on that that it's a combination of uh, the the lack of uh, well rooted uh, sporting culture and community mobilization and to top it off the uh, the organizational inefficiency so those two things have combined to sort of keep keep crowds away that's weird i mean look it's a big stadium and um, even you have a capacity of 120 plus k you can imagine even 40k will show up as a sparse crowd but nonetheless i think right. towards the end it looked a bit fuller i mean that's what is expected it, it definitely did right definitely did i think on a work day uh, i mean it was a weekday middle of the week uh, in the evening more people coming up that that of course is uh, uh, is good to see but uh, i think given that this was the opener and given that this could have been a statement game i would say that uh, a little more effort potentially could have been put hmm. uh but having said that i think uh, going forward we might see better responses in the in the upcoming games and of course uh, there will be also a case of um, you know, india games where this definitely is not going to be the same right right uh but i i just wanted to add quickly one point that uh, one insight that we gleaned from uh, you know a friend of mine and me had visited uh, bhuvneshwar during the hockey world cup and uh, Hmm. there one of the complaints we found was that uh, a lot of the locals uh, because uh, odisha as you know is is fairly hockey crazy and uh, they would attend uh, matches even if they did not involve india so they had uh, kept their ticket prices fairly low and uh, they wanted the local population to come in but uh, the problem was a lot of local population uh, did not know where to get the tickets because uh, online is not something they were very familiar with and the second thing was quite a few tickets had been allocated to uh, government officials and people like that uh, and uh, they had not really utilized those tickets or had given to them to anybody who would attend so there was a few matches where ah. uh, there were large places that were empty and this was not a problem of there not being demand but this is a problem of you know supply not being matched to demand uh, which i think could be an issue here as well I mean for cricket i i am a bit disappointed if you listen or if you see that because um cricket is i think it's still very very uh, sought after in terms of uh, as a sport both to spectate as well as to play i'm sure so i can understand not putting hockey uh, in a lesser light than cricket but 
it is not as popular as cricket in india but it was a i think it was a world cup wasn't it uh, so there must it was have, yeah. yeah there must have been more people wanting to play or wanting to see it but nonetheless coming back to this tournament we if you were to look at the bigger picture now right so new zealand have started really well england well they haven't started well but this is a longer tournament but from that perspective how do you think england will have to do because now they'll have to win at least one or two of those big matches india pakistan australia south africa one of those they can't afford to lose anymore i think yeah because i think uh, what it does is even for new zealand they have uh, i think a game coming up against uh, afghanistan and uh, a couple of other relatively we should we should not say there are any easy games in the world cup but uh, games that they would be on the on the balance of probability expected to win so new zealand have put themselves in a very strong position and also a decent run rate as well because this win gives them quite a good run rate and i think that is probably uh, england's concern right now that they cannot afford to drop any other games uh, they have to be on the top of their game on that and uh, they also have to ensure that they don't uh, dent their run rate further so i guess games like uh, india versus england and australia versus england etc suddenly become a lot more important and let's not forget i mean uh, it's a very different sri lanka side this time but uh, in 2019 i think sri lanka beat england uh so they they might be a little wary at this point but i think like you said um, it's a, it's a long tournament uh, england know they have enough to recover they probably believe the process uh, so they might not be as concerned i think if you ask them they will definitely say that they are not they're not too bothered mm. but uh, it definitely gets them into a position where their next game is a must win yeah uh, because you don't want to get into a 0-2 kind of a uh, start although thankfully it is against bangladesh well i mean bangladesh at least they have shaped up well in their warm up game so when you when you see bangladesh didn't do very well in their home series against new zealand new zealand got a good tune up so to say to come play in india but bangladesh at least i expect they'll be a different a different mm-hmm. bangladesh setup turning up at least from a thought process perspective but most teams don't give them much of a chance even though they are playing in home conditions is that your thought process as well for bangladesh i i think you kind of underestimate bangladesh at your own peril as india found out in the asia cup as well it was a dead rubber game but even then uh, they they put in quite a show india found out uh, uh, last year when we traveled to bangladesh uh, that it's not easy easy to beat them there uh, so this is this is obviously bangladesh that has turned up with with a lot to prove they've had a lot of uh, domestic drama in terms of the team selection the skipper selection and so on but i think the people they have come with uh, they have two or three very good bowlers and uh, i think at least three world class batters at this point uh, especially in these conditions especially when the ball is uh, uh, not doing much coming out to the bat uh, good good subcontinental conditions they should be able to do well uh, and they have an opener against afghanistan at the same venue where they will t- later take on england which is uh, dharamshala uh, so i i think uh, bangladesh may be one of those teams who might be out to uh, upset somebody's plans uh, along the way so i i would be very wary of bangladesh in this attack now indeed that's what i expect as well that bangladesh may upset somebody's apple cart even if they may or may not make uh, the semi finals themselves absolutely I, i i totally agree so that's one thing then going on to somebody like sri lanka again bit of an underdog but how do you see them faring uh, maybe 
they may do more than cause an upset they they certainly can they have the ability they uh, i think sometimes sri lanka bring out their best when they are in that uh, underdog kind of position as we saw in the asia cup as well uh, unfortunately they were overwhelmed in the final but mm-hmm. i think they did immensely well in the uh, in the league games and especially that game against pakistan so they are a team that's capable of pulling together these performances uh with the asia cup performance they would definitely be bolstered uh, because uh, the the news about uh, hasaranga's unavailability certainly hurts them and that's not that's not great for them from any angle but uh, again with these uh, new heroes who emerged during the asia cup you know they have they have essentially nothing to lose like aside of netherlands i think it's <laughs> sri lanka who people have the least expectations out of right. and sri lanka thrive in in situations like that so uh you know uh, at least uh, one or two upsets definitely in the offing from sri lanka right see i am just thinking sri lanka will definitely also build up well into the tournament and uh, in the last three games each i think it it might actually open up in a way where if they have a chance they'll go all out for it they they certainly might and uh, i think today's result has done exactly that that uh, with with new zealand winning it has Uh, i know it is a very long tournament but even then it has changed some calculations around uh, maybe even some team compositions and all that later on so you are right the, the last third of the tournament could be extremely fascinating and especially for somebody like sri lanka who then have nothing to lose because a lot was not expected of them in the first place uh, could uh, could certainly experiment and you never know if any of those experiments pay off they uh, ironically i think uh, one of the last games sri lanka plays against new zealand which might also be a consequential encounter mm. well at least the last game india new zealand india netherlands we don't expect that to be consequential but right up to that point i expect many uh, Aj- so 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 ajit uh, at the beginning of the tournament or rather just before mm. i think when we were discussing i think i told somebody that uh, It, while india versus netherlands is the last game and it looks like it might be one which is uh, sort of like a dead rubber uh, there might be run rate at stake for india one never knows because there might be uh, position considerations or even qualification considerations uh, which which could happen which is my early uh, early uh, left field prediction on this right let's see well it's in bangalore so i maybe you are uh, drumming up some interest because you are planning to go to it to the <laughs> well if if we get a ticket that is it's been almost impossible to uh, sort of like you know land an india ticket it's a joke man i mean uh, i booked tickets to this game um, more than a month ago with the local cricket board and we don't have the details even now how the ticket tickets will be secured forget me paying for it and actually having it in my hand even before the tournament begins that's a bit worrisome for me right um that was that then i think you had an interest in talking about uh, certain teams like australia and australia south africa i think and australia and pakistan and all so let's go there so which is your favorite team maybe it's india but maybe it's not which is your favorite <laughs> no it so it is india i've uh, grown up uh, cheering for india and obviously uh, i think uh, in the modern uh, the modern cricket fan probably understands it better now that you could have allegiances which don't have to be uh, naturally aligned with just the fact that oh, uh, you you are from india so you be supporting india it, it might obviously uh, change as well um, but i think franchise cricket has kind of taught people uh, that you could have allegiances which are different 
but having said that uh, it it definitely is india and uh, here i am fairly optimistic and bullish about india going into this into this tournament uh, but having said that uh, i would definitely enjoy watching somebody like uh, an australia or somebody like a pakistan just because uh, they are two very exciting teams australia uh, just for the sheer sake of uh, a very interesting individual performers that they have uh, you know again uh somebody like a glen maxwell or a mitchell stark uh, or for that matter even a david warner or a steve smith are very singular cricketers right that they are they you kind of know that there won't be another one in the same mold uh once once they decide to hang up their boots right so that's what interests me in them and and again with uh, pakistan i think uh they have at least again similarly two or three uh potentially very fascinating cricketers who you would pay money to watch just because they are that good um, i mean who don't want to watch uh, uh, shahin afridi mm. running in its full team because you know past bowling is just such a thrill um, right uh, as long as he's not doing it against india uh, but uh, uh, so so those two teams uh, i'm definitely bullish about and uh, south africa are an interesting quantity in the sense that this is not the Uh, intimidatingly good south africa of the 2000s or you know the late 90s uh but at the same time they have some very feisty performers uh and uh, a lot of the performers who are familiar with uh, these conditions uh, thanks to ipl and and recent tours and so on uh so that is why you would uh, you know the, so i think two of the games i'm going to are uh do involve south africa one of them is england south africa at the one kid day because uh, i'm expecting that to be a uh-huh. very explosive form. interesting interesting so when it comes to south africa i think they are also sort of in a phase where they are sort of building together absolutely so it it, it would be interesting to see like a marco jansen and uh, i mean i don't know how many games he'll get to play uh, given given the conditions it, it's uh, unfortunate that uh, uh Notia won't be uh, won't be playing because uh, another pacer that I don't want to see. But yeah, let's see. Right. Nonetheless, I think South Africa will put up a strong front. This is a slightly different South Africa uh, compared to previous ones, where you know, in one of our previous podcasts, I guess said it that Australia, even if they put the crappiest team together, they'll believe that's the team to win the tournament, and they will go ahead and do it because of that belief. South Africa, it's exactly right. the opposite. Even if they have potentially a match-winning or a tournament-winning team on paper. they don't believe it so much that they'll end up hurting themselves something like this but in this south african <laughs> team you see that little bit of mongrel the way they came back in that odi series to win against win against australia in south africa you you would think right, 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 right. there's there's more to be had from this team probably it's the leadership but yeah it remains to be seen if uh, you know they are able to convert it into something more tangible as i said in one of our previous podcasts if new zealand or south africa were to be the you know in the final host uh, lifting the trophy after the tournament as long as it's not india in the finals i will not have anything to complain right i i i don't think i can disagree there because you know new zealand i think new zealand and south africa are two very interesting quantities in the sense that new zealand is always that tournament team that somehow turns up at tournaments but again like fall short uh, south africa is a team that often does great outside of tournaments and then suddenly uh, has this uh, breakdown especially in the tournament uh, and uh, a lot of people have used the c word there in terms of describing what what south africa like but it's uh, um, it's probably 
combination of misfortune and uh, and their own shortcomings so they always seem to fall short that way uh, which which is how we got uh, that epic new zealand south africa semi final in uh, 2015 right uh, so yeah i wouldn't mind another uh, epic new zealand south africa encounter even uh, at some point that's good to know and now well we have to visit the favorites they are the favorites according to bookies they are the favorites according to most analysts and of course most fans if you are from the indian subcontinent secretly if you were to ask even a pakistani or a bangladeshi he'll probably accept india are the potential favorites because they're playing at home and they're at a good place as a team so do you right. think this indian team has in it to go all the way incidentally if you uh, look on paper this team right it uh, absolutely does because if you strip away all the context and if you just look at the player names that somebody said is this uh, a team that could win a modern limited overs competition uh, you would probably say yes it's sort of coming at it from first principles right that uh, do they have all the uh, all the goods that you need yes uh, the case can be made that uh, there is a weakness against spin there is a uh, dearth of uh, left handers which could be an issue and so on but uh, let's also face it that they again have those singular match winners who can do their thing on any given day uh, and uh, in a, as a tournament goes on you usually have somebody emerge as a uh, as a great performer which is which is very likely to happen with four or five uh, really good performers in here uh, so i i would definitely like i said earlier as well that i'm very optimistic and and bullish about uh, this indian team but having said that uh, i also understand that it has to be tempered with uh, you know when the rubber meets the road in terms of you know that that uh, there's a great saying in in military circles right that uh, no no battle plan however well thought out survives first contact with the enemy so you know we'll only kind of get to know when we see that first ball bowled in the india australia encounter in chennai but uh, i think india do have it in them to uh, go all the way but what it would require is a good start uh, they can't uh, probably you know lose a couple of games early or something like that because it might panic them and lead them into into bad decisions uh, so those are the are are the concerns i would have uh, but but generally speaking i i see no reason not to be not to be bullish on this thing inside okay okay maybe it's the sports fan in you who's believed and been let down one to one one time right right, right. <laughs> nonetheless uh, <laughs> as i said i mean i am a neutral spectator but there is always you know uh, i grew up supporting india and there is always a little bit of partiality towards india and if india were to be playing in a game i end up supporting india simply because yeah. i would like to see india win more tournaments for all the good work they do all the all all the results they achieve in bilaterals i would like to see Indians do well in multi-team tournaments as well. At the end, that's what defines uh, the greatness of a generation as well, I suppose. Right. I mean, of course, and and because uh, there are so many bilaterals that you can't really use them as a marker, but uh, multilateral tournaments, especially World Cups, are a marker in everybody's lives. So whatever the other uh, merits or arguments about, you know, whether the number of multilateral tournament trophies represents real greatness or not. uh i think most fans agree that that it does and yeah. eventually it's uh, it does concentrate or it does skew towards quality you just look at australia who have the most number of them 
uh, that there is obviously a certain certain quality that uh, is required to win tournaments. So you you are absolutely right. Uh, would like to see India win more. So mm. in fact, I, I was curious to know uh, that. So how are you tempering your expectations on this one? Then look, I expect they will do well in the first half of the tournament, no doubt. Leading into the second half, I'm I'm keeping my expectations realistic because it'll really depend on how fit the fast bowlers and the even some of the batsmen might be you know our captain is sometimes injury prone right um and among all that you also have a bunch a good mix of youth and experience in this team that's something really really nice i really believe when it comes to the knockout games which is where this indian team often fails there may be some of the people that we really have uh, like the likes of gil pandya they are having this pedigree which which it's mostly a mental thing so i'm thinking they might be able to step up when the time comes but i'm keeping it very very cautiously optimistic right so that was india so any other team you would like to discuss at all any anybody we've left out i know we've left out netherlands it's my home country i think yes you, sh- you should talk a little bit about netherlands you you play cricket there so uh your your thoughts on netherlands or uh in terms of what you would want to see them do in the world cup so first of all uh, to put a bit of context i'm thinking we are really proud here the cricketing community and the fans of the sport here in this country are really proud that they are able to make it to a 10 team tournaments e- effectively they are uh, one of the top 10 teams in the world this is what i'll claim for the next 4 years now right that's my bragging absolutely brand, to begin with <laughs> next what it means when you think of uh, this result they'll get a decent amount of a decent chunk of cash when they leave there no matter what but also they get a decent chunk of change in the next 4 years because they have qualified in the cycle and they've also qualified for the t20 tournament next year right the world cup so these are big big um, results as far as people in the netherlands and cricket playing people in the netherlands and putting it on the map in the netherlands is concerned it's not much of a sport it doesn't gain any newspaper headlines um so i'm hoping our lads actually cause an upset or two they have it in them to actually upset any team on their day but it will be termed as an upset it will not be seen coming from far away right like how you would see right. Right. another heavyweight team in the tournament play but i'm really hoping they walk away with two wins in this tournament before it's done this is my best expectation yeah. of the lads so which which they might be able to do because they gave the uh, a more than fair assessment of themselves in the t20 world cup and of course they have qualified for the next one as well and uh, like i said uh, coming in here among to be among the 10 teams to pick somebody like a west indies uh, no matter what other arguments you can make it just uh, talks about uh, netherlands's own growth in in cricket as well because in the odi format you know being a slightly longer format the t20 Uh, the chances of uh, an an unlucky upset happening are are much less so you have to have sustained excellence to be able to pull that off uh, which i think they have shown and i think what we are looking for uh, from netherlands is also the fact that uh, a lot of the teams do not are not as familiar with the players so uh, you know what you were saying about uh, that somebody might not see it coming might might happen right i mean these days with people uh, appointing full time analysts you wouldn't you wouldn't really think that will be much of a surprise because they would have done extensive research into every team they would face but you never know right teams like 
maybe afghanistan or bangladesh if they slip up because of um because of the closeness in the contest and maybe netherlands will hold their nerve and they're still able to pick one of these teams right and i think they have it in them to kill do one giant killing so maybe one big team they must scalp it but in terms of skill set i think um they they are actually good enough to take on anybody as well but it's mostly about big match experience and simply by playing in tournaments like this is where netherlands can get that experience and hopefully they'll make use of it they have been training very hard right. um, i've been following a little bit of their work they went to india they went to bangalore actually and they stayed there and they did a yeah, camp yeah. against spin they hired some local spinners and they tried to get used to that pitch the pace of the pitch and spin specifically right so they did all this so they're doing the right things that need to be done will it translate into results i really hope it does as i said it's important to put the sport on the map uh with so in here we are competing against cycling hockey right mostly individualistic sports so we want to and football is the right. biggest team sport here you cannot really compare football to any other sport so we are trying to get some visibility for cricket as well right <laughs> so let's let's hope this is uh, this is the one and let's hope you you uh, in an upcoming episode of the podcast get to get to talk about it in more detail absolutely absolutely so that was that about world cup unless you think there is something else we would uh, have left out discussing i think we've covered most of the most of the teams in terms of a broad overview i think uh, mm. the rest is we we see how the week unfolds and we see, take a first look at the teams uh, and then see if we have to recalibrate anything right so in that case before we leave this topic for good who are your four final semi finalists and who do you expect to win the tournament right uh, that's that's a tough one uh, i would say uh, probably at this moment uh, i would say india pakistan australia and i would kind of still stick to england although obviously today's result can lead to a little bit of recency bias and uh, and a little bit of result bias but uh, i would still say on balance i think england might just be uh new zealand in there so these are the four i'm sticking with uh australia pakistan india and and uh, england and uh, mm. in terms of winning the tournament it's a it's a harder call uh but i'm going to stick my neck out um and say perhaps australia just because they kind of seem to have this knack of bringing everything together during a tournament especially when it comes to like the belief that you talked about earlier uh that they just are driven by that that's that's what they pulled off at the 2021 T20 World Cup uh because they're you know they on paper and by all means they were definitely not a team who deserved to uh win the entire tournament but uh, you know they came out of nowhere and they and they did so and and this is one of their more uh preferred formats i would say mm-hmm. this the last of the of that generation of of odi greats as you might call them because those are brought up on odi cricket uh going forward generations would, would be uh, probably brought up more on on t20 cricket than odi cricket so uh, they they have the all those tools to be to prevail in those clutch situations that would be the semi final and the final so just giving the edge to australia all right 
interesting so somehow australia always turn up when it comes to a cricket tournament in multi team tournament and you have to back them you are not very wrong if you were to do that you wouldn't you might not go too far wrong let's just put it like this let's see how the rest of the tournament shapes they, yeah they they are they are the blue chip stock of this portfolio like if you have to pick <laughs> if you have to pick you always have to kind of go towards them perfect all right now um i'm going to move away from the world cup let's have a quick chat on this interesting um, t20 series that has just uh, finished today as well between australia and uh, west indies that is being played in australia so yeah basically west indies lost the series 2-1 but it was a well contested series so i mean if you just look at this tournament and look at its result are you happy with how uh, west indian team uh, performed there because australia are the preeminent team again blue chip also absolutely team, right <laughs> yeah yeah we, we were there beyond blue chip really they are just uh, they're almost uh, unbeatable and unbettable against uh, <laughs> right. so this is this is qu- quite the result uh, in fact uh, women's cricket in particular has seen some amazing results since the since the t20 world cup ended uh, we have seen sri lanka go to england and beat england england was slightly weakened but you know even a weakened england is way stronger than most teams in sri lanka uh have probably two or three great performers with them and uh, one of them was chamari adabatu who turned up uh, outstanding you well to kind of uh, deliver that uh, that outstanding series win mm-hmm. i think we've seen uh, the pakistan women beat south africa which is again a lower ranked team beating a higher ranked team and now we see this of western is going to australia and beating them in a t20 uh the series was uh, closely contested enough that west indies with a little more luck and a few more performances could have probably won the series to one and uh, very uncharacteristic of australia uh that they they kind of uh, botched up the the defense in the second t20 where west indies scored in excess of 200 i think 212 it was which is the highest uh, t20 i chase in the uh, uh, in the women's game uh, it's a record chase but uh, we have to keep in mind that two things happened here one was uh, i think elisa hilly got a few calls uh, in terms of captaincy uh, a bit wrong they were not able to contain hilly matthews who had an absolutely outstanding series she has an average of 155 in this series uh, and her uh, strike rate is i think in the 170s both phenomenal to score you know 300 odd runs in three t20i games uh, of course two of them were played at the north sydney oval which is a relatively small ground and a great pitch but it was fantastic to see uh, but the problem there was that west indies had haley matthews mostly doing a lot of the grunt work the fact that she won the player of the match in all three games mm. Uh, kind of tells you uh, that how how it, it turned out uh, australia had had performers all around i think phoebe lickfield did great in the first game as well as the third game her innings uh, again making the difference i think she played well in the second game as well uh, so her innings making the difference in the last game because uh, i think australia scored like 190 uh, western is fell short by about 40 odd runs and uh, again haley matthews scored uh, 80 of those of the 140 145 that westerly scored so you know that dependency was was probably the issue westerly is with a little more quality could appear on australia run for the money but what it uh, indicates is the closing gap between these teams in in women's cricket so like you said australia were considered untouchable almost but uh, now it's only beginning to see that while they continue that uh, phenomenal form because there are people like uh, nlsberry or 
Meg Lanning is out with injury, but when she comes back, it they become even stronger. They have somebody like Phoebe Lickfield who's who's up and coming, uh, and then this they have so many other superstars that way. But uh, the others are kind of closing the gap, which is which is heartening. So that that was my key takeaway from here. That I would like to see more more contests, and uh, let's not forget India are visiting them uh, later in the year. When it comes to West Indian cricket, women's cricket specifically, there are a couple of shining stars, but the team is. yet to sort of gel around them and there is no team feeling there yet i saw at least in this tournament it was purely heli matthews and heli matthews for everything right she scored most of the runs in that incredible chase in that second game it was just her and stephanie taylor who made the runs if you look at the rest of the games as yeah. well australia everybody contributed fibilich field annabel sutherland georgia wareham there are elisa perry of course and then alisa healy beth muni everybody did their bit right and same thing with the ball right i think darcy brown pretty much shut the game off today i was following part of it with her pace and everything so until haley matthews stood there so at the 10 over mark it could have been a thriller because Absolutely. between them both haley matthews and gajnabi they were, they had some sort of a partnership going where gajnabi would give her the strike and haley matthews would start hitting but then the moment she got out there was you knew the game was done it was almost like watching india in the 90s when tendulkar got out right <laughs> yes absolutely yes good analogy that so that's what i felt but they have a long way to go yet into gelling together they have many nice bowlers they have a lot of talent in that team but to put it together where if not one person the other stands up to win the game they have a they have a way to go this is my thought process yeah it remains to be seen if they are able to pull it together usually the weaker of the teams finds it difficult the longer the format gets they say so next is the odi series and you are right that they stretched this australian team it's credit to them that they were able to do that but sometimes you would say yeah maybe the longer the format the tougher it would get meglaning might become available for australia so again it might become such a it's such a juggernaut this australian team and it might become inevitable the results but what i would like to see is more fight and the same spirit that they have actually displayed here in the t20s that would really hold them well in the coming period as well the west indian team yeah i think i think that's uh, you you absolutely nailed it there that the gap will not be closed overnight because australia have uh, a huge lead in this because they have uh, taken uh, this uh, this game and uh, the women's uh, game in particular so seriously over the years that they have a huge uh, uh, advantage and a huge head start so obviously you can't just uh, you know sprint and cut the uh, cut the gap in a marathon head start but mm. what you can do like you rightly said is is run harder right so uh, essentially show more fight step up uh, maybe use these uh, use these examinations as uh, an opportunity to to blood the young talent and uh, get them exposed to the situations uh, and and uh, then also invest in coaching them and developing the skill set uh so that brick by brick they are they are coming closer so and i think that that kind of we are seeing that happening uh bit by bit in the game which is uh which is what uh, i'm just looking for so i hope india are, are watching this closely and doing their homework uh indeed so there is there is some uh, i think it will be a very good series whenever in tour in the upcoming period so i'm looking forward to that yes well. india i th- i think <laughs> india have been one of the few teams who have consistently been able to stand up to australia in in most format uh, in in the women's game in recent times they've been unlucky in terms of the result uh, so yeah you are 
you're right. Hopefully, this becomes a series where some of that turns around. Hmm. Now, that was the other international cricket that was currently ongoing. If you were to go to the other international tournament of any note for cricket, that's the Asia Cup. So the women's tournament ended. Uh, India women ended up winning the gold. Now the men's wow. tournament is underway, and you see that you know, um, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Pakistan, and India have made the semi-finals, but Sri Lanka have not. So let's start there. Was that a bit of a surprise, or is this like everybody sending an experimental squad? It is. Right. Interesting question. I mean, you, you mean the Asian Games? Uh, I think you're saying Asia Cup. Uh, uh, yes. Which, sorry. <laughs> of course, it's short of the period. But uh, yeah, this is also an an Asia Cup uh, or the Asian Games cricket competition. Mm. Uh, yes, I think uh, uh, not not entirely a surprise because Afghanistan have sent uh, quite a decent team there. Uh, their age group players have uh, have been rather good for quite a while now so it's rather impressive that they were able to defend that lot total against sri lanka and make it uh, through the final i mean maybe the conditions may have played a part the sri lankans not really used to those conditions it's been hard to get the ball away that uh, uh, i keep forgetting the name of the university the ground where they're they're playing the games so it's been tough conditions we saw it in the uh, in the i think it was uh, the Bangladesh and Malaysia game was it, or uh, I, I keep forgetting which one was the one where Malaysia just got edged out. Yes, uh, yes, it, I think it was Bangladesh. The, just back uh, of three so, runs or two runs in the last over, they couldn't. Yeah, it was just a, just a couple of runs. Yeah, against against Bangladesh, uh, uh, which would have been a very very famous win for Malaysia, and they really ran them close. So I think they've shown glimpses that way. I think uh, Nepal showed great glimpses against India. They. just like they did in the asia cup also uh, just a question of uh, these guys getting a lot more exposure at the uh, at the international and you know beyond the associate level uh, playing those uh, uh, full members a, a lot more in that sense it's one good thing that these games have been given t20i status uh, having said that it's uh, i mean if if uh, somebody did not know anything about cricket uh, or uh, a lot of the nuance of recent cricket and they were asked that okay say if an asian games were held and uh, top four teams had to be chosen for the semi finals who do you pick uh, they would have probably picked uh, india pakistan bangladesh and and sri lanka like you say uh, but just the exception now being afghanistan so it's kind of a long expected lines but all of these teams were made to sweat on the way there which is the interesting part so yes india did send uh, obviously a second string side uh, since naturally the the main team will be competing in the world cup uh, but uh, i think uh, more than that it's the uh, it's the other teams uh, who have developed uh, enough over the years that it could be an interesting i think uh, you know the semi finals and the final should be very very interesting encounters actually mm. um, and and by no means uh, would you expect like Uh, and india to be a shoe in against bangladesh in the in the semi final or for that matter a pakistan to be a shoe in against afghanistan in the second one right right so in that case who do you expect will win the medal the gold one in this case <laughs> i think here again uh, it's it's kind of hard to look past india but because it's the t20 format uh, you know one great innings one good spell uh, can turn things around 
uh, particularly on this ground where they are playing you know both matches back to back the conditions are uh, a little weird uh, it is obvious that china does not play like a lot of cricket so this is kind of like a makeshift venue in one sense uh, and the boundaries are slightly smaller so so it's harder harder to say but uh, i think after that uh, bit of a reality check against nepal in the quarter final india might just pull their socks up enough and uh, be able to prevail in terms of quality Mm. Uh, so i would pick them for for doing the double here uh, emulating the women and winning the winning the gold right against uh, against pakistan probably in the final all right so that will be another blockbuster uh, well match while all of these india pakistan games <laughs> might happen or may or may not have happened in the recent past one more to look forward to yeah, absolutely uh, now that was the asia cup now if you were to move on there are some other cricketing news from uh, the different parts of the world so first one the rest of india versus uh, in this case saurashtra the rani trophy game um did you feel surprised at all uh, about how it unfolded that the rest of india were so heavy i think uh, i mean we know that saurashtra have been a great team uh, i think their ranji performances and all that has been has been outstanding but uh, it is kind of weird to see them uh, you know fold like that in the in the fourth innings um uh, primarily because I, i don't think they were set a really impossible task uh, although uh, obviously this looked like a pitch that was uh, that was deteriorating by the day um and and it was it was always going to be difficult anything beyond uh, uh, you know to 200 probably even um but uh, you are right that i am uh, Uh, i'm kind of disappointed that it it became this one sided that they would fold that quickly in the in the fourth innings i'd have uh, i'd have expected them to do slightly better than that and uh, maybe there is something to be said about uh, you know uh, the rest of india refusing uh, to uh, pick a, a jalad saxena uh, uh, when they, they are outdone by a spinner uh, on the on the last day uh, or not on the last day in the fourth innings chase uh, in in the in the irani trophy but uh, i think again the irani trophy is one of those things which is like a one off uh, and uh, it's the rest of the india squad is always a patchwork of uh, hmm. of players um and uh, i mean uh, the quality wise you probably look at the Uh, on paper uh, the people that uh, the the rest of india had and uh, their performances in last season's ranji i think uh, you would always have picked them to win this you know so this is kind of the wtc final right that uh, india against australia and you uh, looked at the squads and looked at the conditions and looked at the record and said oh uh, australia are favorites but even then you were kind of disappointed eventually that it was australia who won and fairly easily mm. uh, i think the, it's the same case here on paper you would have said rest of india are definite favorites uh and uh sorashtra uh you know second favorite by far right expected result uh, but slightly disappointed that could have been probably a more exciting exciting contest right let's see if you know this is just the beginning of the season there are some performers here including saurabh right mayank agarwal and then sai sudarshan some of these people they have been you know in the limelight and they would like to continue to do that and that way i think they did themselves no harm 
right? Somebody like Sarfraz Khan, I expected more runs from him, for example. Uh, he, he had an off-season, part of it, last last year, right? So, uh, that is last season, cricketing season. I would like him to, again, come score a bucket load of runs, make it impossible to ignore him for the upcoming domestic season as well as, you know, into the international games next year. So, that's what I'm hoping, right? So, I would like to see some of those people right. also step up as far as, you know, purely from a domestic perspective is concerned. But it was nonetheless a good a curtain opener to the season let let us put it like this for me i was not really surprised to see the rest of india being way too strong for uh, saurashtra even though i expected saurashtra to compete much harder right this is a saurashtra team that brushed out the, the that brushed aside quite a few big teams on the way to win last season so from that perspective probably they are not at ready but come the season they'll be there so this is the way i look at it yeah i i i i agree because that's that was my first thought as well to be perfectly honest i do not follow the, the domestic scene mm. as religiously uh, but even then like uh, from the broader trends you kind of knew that uh, this was this was not a team that would uh, that would be uh, you know heavy favorites against the rest of india who had all these performers like you say sarfraz mm. uh, khan being one of them uh, and all of them delivered and so rashtra had probably just a chetesh pujara really uh, but even then uh, it, you know even he has not been in in outstanding form Uh, of late so i think it's a good uh, good start to the domestic season in one sense uh, that all of this focuses the uh, onus on all of these other teams uh, to see who comes out on top in ranji because is it, is it going to be uh, or does it fire up saurashtra to you know do a repeat in the ranji then right well usually teams are built like dynasties right so they don't they are not one season and done they usually do well couple of seasons it starts and then it continues because that excellence is built into those set of players and even the new people who come in sort of imbibe that right so you are never sure so it depends on how uh, indeed saurashtra may do and usually they are usually very good the in the later half of a tournament where the spinners come into their own and so on so let's see if as you say they can do well in the longer format now um going on uh the english um pca the professional cricketers association have named the, their best players of the season or players of the year so it is tammy bowmont for women and harry brook for men this is purely an english uh, thing yeah. where english players are, are recognized for their uh, best players uh, for and like mahika gaur from uh, uh, women and uh, james rio from young uh, player is a man and this is they have been recognized as the young player award so if you look at it um this is sort of a way of recognizing uh this is a purely a non you know non professional uh, setup but they still recognize their among their own so i don't know if you follow timey bomont and uh, harry brook but i know timey bomont i'm a big fan of so i'm curious i do i do, <laughs> I do follow timey bomont uh, i i really do enjoy watching her um especially i think uh, in the past few series we watched her fight uh, call correctly in the wpl uh, as well um so i mean again in terms of the english season uh, i think uh, uh, i i keep forgetting wh- uh, which is the team she plays uh, in the 100 for ha ah, welsh fire yes yes she's uh, she's played with with welsh fire so i think uh, she she's always uh, great to watch uh, i think uh, the one thing about tammy bomont is uh that you know uh that you are going to get inventive and uh, uh interesting batting whenever she is out there 
uh, and i think you could kind of say the the same thing about uh, harry brook as well uh, because he also brought in uh, something fresh and interesting mm. to both the test arena as well as the limited overs arena and he was sort of the poster child for uh, for baseball in one sense uh, particularly given what we i think saw of him in in pakistan as well so yeah both uh, both very exciting cricketers to look forward to uh but since you mentioned mahika gohar as well i think probably one of the most exciting talents to look forward to over maybe the next you know 6 8 10 years depending on where her fitness takes her she's right a tall fast bowler so obviously there are uh fitness concerns but she's again like has the potential to be one of those singular cricketers who everybody then will recognize because she she leaves that sort of mark when uh, when she plays ball right i mean she came from the uae setup but uh, she always had an eye on uh, she always had an eye on the english on breaking through into into england yeah she's done well and i would say she has a very promising decade of cricket ahead of her yeah i'm i'm just i i i also wanted to play uh, i mean i also wanted to say that uh, she probably has uh, a decade ahead of her but i'm just tempering it with with that uh, with that caveat about about fitness but i would i would love to see her sort of like play for 10 uh, 10 odd years as well correct now uh, moving on so this brings us to the last story of today i don't know how much you followed the minor league cricket in the us uh, tarik i i unfortunately did not uh, because it kind of collides with uh, The, the major league baseball season which i was keeping a closer eye on to be perfectly uh-huh. honest uh-huh. um but yes you can you can fill me in on uh, on what was going on there because we had i think we saw um a great first season of major league cricket uh so it would be interesting to know how uh, how the minor leagues have been have been doing because those are the stepping stones onto the majors now you are right these are all the aspiring teams whom we may see in the upcoming days upcoming you know upcoming seasons that there'll be a promotion demotion eventually right you know they get to go to the uh, major league so this is dallas mustangs won the trophy against new jersey somerset cavaliers and um to be frank with you i don't know enough myself but i make sure <laughs> neither, neither i make I. sure i educate myself this way because there are some known names if you look at the dallas mustangs there is a norman anwar there is a sujit gowda there is a hamad azam there is a nostush kenjige right there are some right. there are some asan adil by the way there are some known names there so they actually were able to bat first put put on 121 it's a t20 tournament but then new jersey somerset cavaliers could only make 77 uh, so but they also they had some known names so shawn findlay adil bhatti right so some known names not a whole lot i don't know if you know steven katwaru so these are all people who are from different parts of the world who have now come to the us to play cricket and make it their home so from that perspective uh, they were just that too strong maybe you know next year we may also hear the name dallas mustangs when it comes to major league let's see how it goes those are all the cricketing uh, news and stories we wanted to discuss this tarik so thank you very much for accepting to come on this episode absolutely my my pleasure rajit thank you for having me and uh, before we let you go I would like to ask you to give another shout out about your blog, maybe your social media handles and so on. 
Sure, uh, that's that's very kind of you. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Tariq Laskar. That's T A R E Q U D L S K A R, and you can find my blog on uh, uh, Tariq Gets Sporty uh, dot WordPress dot com. That's there on my Twitter bio as well. And uh, hope you uh, you enjoy reading some of the stuff that I put out there. Perfect. So time and other things permitting, I would like to definitely invite you back. as a co-host sometime as a guest on this podcast and uh, it's been a wonderful chat thank you tarik thanks thanks ajit i've i've had a great time as well and uh, hopefully yes we get to get to talk again and uh, maybe you know analyze uh, some more cricket hopefully during the world cup itself indeed all right we wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from bye bye see you guys this is the armchair cricket podcast